0: a better world. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today, I'll be speaking about a couple of uh, salient subjects such as global grilling, COVID-19, and more, as the title suggests. But I want to make an announcement to start off with to let you all know that uh, a Better World Radio podcast is uh, moving its headquarters to another platform and that is Anchor.fm and you are all welcome to join me there. It would be a pleasure to have you. Uh, for a number of reasons, it seems that that is the better platform for us here. I've been on Blog Talk Radio since February of two thousand. I believe it is, and uh, it's been a long and lovely journey in so many ways, and not giving it up completely, we'll still have a presence here to some extent, but mainly moving. So you can always find us at abetterworld.tv or abetterworld.net, or even our newest uh, version of things is a world. store. And each of these has its own respective strengths and focuses. So uh, certainly come and join. Needless to say, there's also www.mitchellraben.com and that's for the stress management consulting, that's for the life coaching, communications coaching, computerized kinesiology, couples counseling and the work I do in that space. So certainly uh, come and visit and if I can be of any service to you you'll let me know. Okay? And of course I do uh, sessions and have been doing sessions actually by phone by uh, Skype, by Zoom for quite some time. So it doesn't matter where you may be in the world if you would like some of my certain form of coaching and counseling and stress management consulting, you are truly welcome to come and partake. So, for those, of course, contact me at 212-420-0800 or uh, mjr at abetterworld.net, email address MJR at a better world dot net. So I'm going to swing back over to uh, the ways in which we look. Looking at looking, you could say. I think that's a good place to start. When you look at the world through simply human eyes and that of human Society, you see one thing. You know, you see a certain way. It's anthropocentric in in design, and you can also look not from that point of view, though still through human eyes, because we have no choice in the matter. Uh, but we look at the world of nature. We look at the planet we consider geology, we consider chemistry, we consider physics, we consider biology. We look at the Earth as a living ecosystem that's ever-evolving, ever-adapting, and we are part of it, not it so much as just a function of the human mind. So, it's a very different purview, it's a very different perspective and I think it's a very vitally important one because when we look simply through our own eyes, through our own human creation um, we will get wrapped up in our own inculturation. And all that's all well and good, and it has tremendous value, but it's in a sense, a very skewed perspective because it it puts in a sense it puts this human species on top of the totem pole, like what we do and what we say and how we behave is sort of uh the be all and all uh you know. Um, most important. And I'm suggesting that a much healthier worldview is the ecosystemic view, where we are part of, an integral part of, granted, but a part of, along with all the other animals and plants, you know, the two-legged, the three-legged, the four-legged in the kingdom. Uh, and that is in a sense, puts us in our place. You know, for the longest time, I used to say that I adored being out in the southwest uh, of the United States. I've, you know, flown out there many, many times. I've driven there and through there many, many, many times. And there's something so grand about the sunsets and the vastness of the sky when you're traveling in the desert, that it's uh, very humbling, actually. And I always feel like I'm being put into the right perspective, into the right place uh, amidst all of nature's beautiful creatures, um, from large to small. And, uh, you know, overall, we're probably a little bit on the smaller side, but that's not what matters. What matters is that we're not the way we feel when we're in our urban centers, which is that we feel that we're at the very top of the pyramid and everything else is so-called lower than us. We're the focal point. And any other animals scurrying around are, you know, kind of troubling in this uh, human-dominated habitat. Out there, quite a different story. So this is sort of what I mean, my friends, when I say looking from a different perspective, from a different purview. And when looked at, life looked at, the universe looked at from the ecosystemic, you know, we're removed from our high horse, we are just one of many creatures, and we see that just like every other creature has a role to play in the larger, grander scheme, so it is with us. And it becomes an interesting adventure to kind of try to define what that role really is in the context of everything else. We could at least say that it is uh, to live, to thrive, um, to bond with each other, to cooperate with each other, to create with each other, and to sustain with each other. So, the phrase I've been using for a long, long time in this regard is something I refer to as sacred stewardship that it is our role to play a steward's role in helping all creatures to survive, uh, for plants to flourish, the waters to run freely and cleanly, and for us to have a very gentle footstep in the midst of it all. But of course, because we don't look that way, because we look at ourselves as the pinnacle of all of uh, life on the planet and that it is all here to serve us, we end up with this rather peculiar perspective of our own self-importance. And I'm very much seeking to disabuse us of that. I don't think it serves us in the larger picture. That doesn't mean we're not important. It just means we're not the most important because all life is most important if you want to put a a valence to it, if you will. So I'm arguing more for this idea that we are part of a larger ecosystem and if we, like all other creatures, were to play a role of harmonizing instead of dominating we'd all be much happier and much better off so that's what i mean about taking on this different perspective because as we have it now thinking of ourselves as the uh, kind of the sum total of it all you know and that all creatures are really there in service to us is a mindset a belief system a form of consciousness that has not gotten us very far really and is coming home to roost right about now. We have been messing around with the genetic code for many, many decades. It's great to discover a lot of how it works, the Genome Project, for instance, and other endeavors like that, but we haven't settled on that alone We wanted to genetically splice and dice and modify and crisper and do all sorts of mean, nasty things to the stuff of life itself. And by modifying it we have created some monsters. And because our own consciousness isn't really very well ripened. It's not that mature, so we take these creatures and Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde kind of thing, and uh, a Frankenstein kind of phenomenon, and um, we use it as weapon and against each other no less. And as a result. Uh, you know, this thing we refer to as COVID-19 is probably a combination of a natural a naturally occurring virus um, and combined with possibly some unnatural phenomena, man-made uh, played with in a lab. And I personally believe it escaped. And it has wreaked a certain amount of uh, Harm and havoc across the planet. I think that, you know, the planet's uh, overall, the societies reacted very severely. I mean, I don't know of another plague or pandemic, for that matter, that uh, required the closing down of an entire economy, uh, either just nationally or globally. But in this case, there has been what I would consider really an ab reaction, which happens out of fear, and that fear drove people to all extents and continues to, and now it's being manufactured in order to drive people even to further extents of fear of not trusting their own nature, of not trusting nature of not trusting their immune system and of not feeding themselves all of the nutrients that keep an immune system healthy and wealthy and robust. And what is it to feed? Well, I'll tell you. It's not so complicated. We happen to know that healthy, organic, you know, we only have to say organic now because we poison the food supply with chemicals and toxins and you name it, uh, you know, hormones, etc., etc. I mean, we just completely polluted and contaminated our food supply and this goes back a good, let's see, uh, really a hundred years at this point. So we're not getting the nutrients we used to get from food. It's replaced, they are replaced with harsh, toxic chemicals which we then have to get rid of because it gets stored in our fat especially and our gut. And uh, we, as a result of the sort of panic in our society that has arisen, um, we're not getting proper sleep. And because of the heavy emphasis on money, uh, which is not a bad thing in itself, it's just a thing, Um, but because of the undue and utterly imbalanced emphasis on its importance, um, we're very, very under stress, much too much unhealthy volumes of stress affecting our sleep, affecting our relationships, the amount of love, I will really argue the amount of integrity, the amount of dignity that used to be much more uh, popular, I think, um, has diminished over time. Education has diminished. Uh, character development has diminished. Um, the more automaton, robotic behaviors of younger people, um, vis-a-vis their cell phones, tablets, video games, games, um, dominating their consciousness has led to a much more dumbed down, unconscious and uh, really sluggish world where people are just not getting the seriousness of what it is that's going on and as a result much more easy to control, not feeling the fire in the belly except, you know, with, by the way, beautiful exceptions. I mean, look at what's going on with the uh, Black Lives Ma- uh, Matter movement and the call for for um, what is called racial justice, economic justice, social justice, political justice, environmental justice. All of these are wonderful things. I take issue with the idea of, of uh, the use of the word race uh, because there really is one race and that's the human race and race is not differentiated by color it's just not true, it's a complete fabrication. Um, The kick in the pants that I tell people all the time is that we were all from deep dark Africa and uh, it was only because of a change in... um, Melanin in the skin because we did not need it as we moved to the northern climes. uh, Our skin color lightened up, but (laughs) we was all black man (laughs) a few millennia ago, not that long ago. (laughs) If that's not one of the funniest things, because of course, you know, the white man by and large. Uh, has these strange supremacist types of attitudes, um, but it's just uh, so hilarious because by scientifically based anthropological evidence, it appears that in fact we all did really originate in the depths of Africa and the color of the skin there because of the heat was very dark and only lightened when the need for protection by melanin it's all biological, um, lessened and so the skin lightened oh my god, and of course different climatic conditions uh, call upon different functions of our human biology and psychology, so uh, there will be different and differentiating characteristics uh, over time. And that doesn't make one better or one worse. It does make them different and it does, they'll always be overlapping because everybody needs to have strengths. Everybody needs to have agility. Everybody needs to have um, a rationally functioning mind. Everyone needs to have intuition. You got it? So, what we share is much more in common than what our differences are. And we need our differences in order to survive. For the species to survive requires diversity. So, these are just biological facts. I don't know why people are making such a big deal of it. But, you know, needless to say, enculturation is something that has happened. Um, even in the midst of looking at life through the eyes of the ecosystem, which, by the way, is much more equitable to look at things that way. Um, Skin color, gender, it doesn't matter in the same way as humans left to their own bizarre devices. (laughs) So, I think you're with me, and I think you know what I'm talking about. So, I do want to say that the real backdrop and, if I may say, front drop of everything is climate, is temperature, is weather. Just the way it is. We, as human animals, are completely subject to weather and climate, even larger conditions. You know, if it rains for a day or it's sunny for a day, cold on one day and on on another, you know, we're able to, no pun intended, weather it. You know, we're able to stand up to it and deal with it and take shelter as needed, on and on. However, when we have yielded such harm consistently, persistently, pertinaciously, over time, over the course of a few hundred years and we have insulted Mother Earth we have in a sense, uh, this is a real human way of looking we have punished her we have exploited her for selfish monetary gain Um, and as a result she is deeply harmed And what she cares about is balance. So if there's too much of one thing, it will get balanced out. If there's a deficit of something, it will, too, get balanced out. So what are we left with here? We're left with a situation of human beings uh, interceding into the ecosystem, into the chemistry of the air, the chemistry of the soil, the chemistry of the water in such a deleterious way, so harmfully for so many decades, and at this point actually centuries, that there gets to become what's called an acceleration of climate change. We can't reverse climate change. That's not the game. That can't happen. It's not in the cards. Not going to happen. However, uh, the acceleration of climate change is very much within our hands. Some have a theory that it's really all determined by solar flares. Interesting. I think that there are probably also correlations and some science and speculation very much worth thinking about. So, by no means do I cast that aside. But, in a very grounded way, I think that there is a very loud, very explicit case for the gathering of greenhouse gases, as they're called, CO2, methane, and about 90 other similar types of offgassing that happens and gets trapped in our atmosphere and heats it up. And that's what's going on. And this is anthropogenic, i.e., we're generating it. We humans are generating this and making a mess of it. And it's been going on for a long, long time time. So there are changes that are happening in our atmosphere, which should be obvious to all. There are millions of climate refugees already by July of 2020. Uh, We don't often call them that, but they are that. And it's only getting worse, and it will continue to, even despite the many efforts many of us are making to stem the tide, so to speak, to slow it all down. And that is within our purview. I believe that we have a lot of um, potential for reversing the trends of global warming, of reducing vastly our carbon footprint, And that, of course, is a lot of the work we do here at A Better World through media and announcing, broadcasting, educating, hopefully uplifting and inspiring us all to really get on board consciously with the uh, wish, with the vision of really reversing global warming the way Paul Hawken talks about. And to which I wholly subscribe, as do many, literally millions of people across the world. The detractors are small in comparison to us. That's good news, folks. That's very good news. So, when we look at things from the natural perspective, we see that there's been a tremendous amount of harm. There's a tremendous amount we need to do to reverse it. Now, just a couple of the projects I may as well say of what's going on here at A Better World, but I actually will postpone that first to say this, because I included the word COVID in the title. I think it's important for us to realize something about the relationship of COVID-19 and other viruses to global warming. Well, as things warm up in the Arctic Circle, and in the northern climes, for instance, of Siberia. That thaw, that ice melts, and if you remember, I had Dar Jamal, the author of The End of Ice, a world-famous journalist, on to talk about the tragedy of the ice melt that he has reported in all leading glaciers around the world that he goes to hike on and has been from Alaska to Siberia to the Himalayas, um, Mount Everest, on and on and on and on, and it's just it's just enough to make you fully cry. But um, even with that said, there are significant changes that are taking place to turn this around, and it's really important to take heart of that, but the relationship of viruses to global warming is, with this ice melt, this profound ice melt uh, that is taking place, it is releasing any number of different diseases, bacteria, mold, mildew, fungus, from the otherwise frozen ice, where it doesn't do any harm. But once it becomes thawed and liberated as it were, it can start to do a lot of harm. And I heard one scientist say that there are 1.7 million identified viruses coming from the ice melts. Yeah. Can you imagine a vaccine for each and every one? (laughs) I'm sure Pfizer can. (laughs) You get it. That's not ever going to be an answer. It never was an answer. And the answer is what nature gave us, which is our immune system, and making it strong and wild and robust. And how do you do that? Eat dirt. No, I'm kidding. No, no, no. Do not go out and eat dirt. By playing in dirt as, an, as a child, yes, getting your knees scraped and throwing dirt and sand at each other as boys will Um, in short, yes, and of course actually a little bit does get into the mouth and does get ingested and it's full of bacteria and the body then can build immunity to the bacteria that it needs to and that's the way kids get strong they're exposed A lot of families, you know, in the uh, more olden world, olden days, slept with their animals. The kids, the family, for warmth sometimes, uh, for space considerations, what have you, would sleep with their animals. That also conferred another level of immune function. You get where this goes. You see how this works? You have to be deeply in nature, and then you become inoculated. It's funny, that's not a word that's used that much these days, but nonetheless, um, you become immunized through nature, through natural means. And then later on, because the food supply has lost so much potency, but it's so we are relegated to eating primarily organic food, which is way better and still does have some nutrition, even though the word has been bought and paid for in some ways uh, over time. Um, and it's, Organic food just ain't what it used to be, but still better than, you know, monocropped food and you know, processed food and all of that stuff. So eating a healthy diet, getting deep wave sleep, That is theta and delta, my friends, allowing the release of melatonin by keeping the eyes covered, sleeping in total darkness because that's the uh, state that uh, the melatonin is released in and it's not otherwise released. And you have to take it orally. Um, and that's not bad, but it's still not actually optimal. So we need to take tons of nutritional supplements because the food is not what it should be, and the supplements really can take us a far way in strengthening our gut and strengthening the immune system, where, by the way, most of which lives in the gut anyway. So what we're talking about is bacteria. We're looking at bacterial flora and fauna in a healthy balance. And this is what keeps us alive, and this is what keeps our brains functioning well,
1: and our hearts
0: functioning well, and all of our organs, in fact. So, the answer here to COVID, I am suggesting, is lifestyle choices that are healthy that are robust, that are fun, that make you laugh, that make you cry, that make you smile that make you love, that make you feel compassion that make you feel connected to others and not just other people, but to the plant world to the tree world, to the animal world to the fish world, and God knows, even to the amoeba world. Why not? Throw them all in and stir. And that's the way we are here to live life. With love, with kindness, with humor, with compassion. And these are the things that keep uh, our immune system functioning at a high level. Underneath all of this, guess what? There's this one particular word. It's called meaning. It's like when you do things, when you act in certain ways that give you meaning, a sense of purpose, oh my, you get real united inside. You become very unified. You become very alive. And that aliveness gets imprinted, literally, in the immune system and in the brain and neural pathways take on a whole different hue, a whole different life, and uh, there is a diminution of cortisol and even adrenaline in the bloodstream, and instead, endorphins of every stripe come forward, and the upregulation of certain genes that are to our higher, healthier benefit are released because they're signaled by certain types of thoughts and certain types of feelings. And, you know, Joe Dispenza is just one of my favorite of all people and a real mentor and friend. And uh, he is utterly eloquent on this subject, as is my other very dear friend, Bruce Lipton, cellular biologist, who makes it abundantly clear scientifically how belief systems, which, what is a belief system? What is it composed of? It's composed of words, it's composed of images, it's composed of a couple of ideas what actually makes a belief system a string of words which form an idea that is then harnessed in a way by a feeling or a passion or an emotion and they become, they fire together as Joe would remind us and that firing is potent and starts to actually affect our tissue, our tissue our organs ultimately. So it's all very interesting. So regarding COVID and all that I just said, I'll let you connect the dots. Concerning COVID and global warming, if there are another 1.7 million identified, who knows how many are unidentified viruses ready to uh, transform us in one way or another. Um, You see that if we can rapidly take steps to reduce our toxic carbon footprint, it's not just carbon. Methane is the bigger uh, offender, so to speak. (laughs) It's not that methane is offensive as such. It's the sheer volume of it that occurs in so many ways, I'm not going to go into all of that the main thing being that we need to slow down the ice melts, which is releasing the viruses into our air, into our water, and we become susceptible and COVID-19 could look like those were the good old days, you know, so there's a lot we want to do In fact, that uh, brings me around to discussing some of the technologies and some of the activities of A Better World in This Light. I want to just first mention that uh, a guest of ours will be coming on the air next week, Dr. Leslie Field, MIT, I believe Electrical and Chemical Engineering. I met her at the uh, United Nations last fall. For the Climate Restoration Conference, and she has a body of research which, in a relatively simple way, managed to restore ice to the Arctic. You'll be hearing all about this. When I met her and I heard her speak last fall, I was <laughs> on fire. <laughs> melting ice everywhere. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I was uh, enlightened. I was ignited by what she had to share. I've actually been wanting to invite her on all this time, but just recently uh, dug out her card and actually got around to it. So that's one media activity taking place real soon that I think is going to make a big difference in people learning about this and can donate to her if they would like and to her organization and to get on board with helping different countries, that is governments, get on board with this type of technology. Another one is Blue Power Systems. My dear friend Ray Camano, one of the preeminent electrical motor inventors in the world uh, who was the inventor of the electric motor we had uh, for a company he and I and a uh, few others formed back in 2007 to bring uh, electric scooters and three-wheel vehicles and then eventually we were working on cars and even reaching up into helicopters. It's a big, long, interesting vision that unfortunately got snuffed out from horrible and actually unethical, incompetent management, and uh, it sank the ship, and we we're all to this day crying about it, quite honestly, but didn't stop us because you never can stop. You must get back on the horse. You must continue to ride into the, sun re- the sunrise and sunset, both. So uh, right now we're working on uh, Project that will bring the ability of people to completely untie from the grid they will have their own portable power plant that's right folks, your own powerful potent portable power plant, how many more P words can I fit into that sentence, I think I've reached my limit um, anyway uh, this is a fabulous project uh, we are raising some money for it. If you are interested, please contact me at mjr at abetterworld dot net uh, if you want to be part of this fantastic technology which uh, takes any form of energy we are looking of course for renewable energy solar wind geothermal hydro um, and we, instead of connecting that to the grid, the local utility, we instead connect it to one's own power plant, we call it, um, and it's actually in a trailer, but it's super efficient, and yes, it has a backup diesel uh, generator, but that can almost never be used if you've harnessed enough solar, wind, geothermal, or hydro to the system. You may not ever need the backup, but it's there, and you have to have it, so you can have continuous electricity. Um, And we have, you know, different medical applications that are being explored right now, for instance, for dialysis purposes, where you cannot afford to have an interruption in the electricity. Yet, in California, there are brownouts all the time, and there are even planned uh, blackouts for one to two to three to four to five days. So, you can imagine, in a medical context, no one can afford it. And the backup generators are very expensive, and the diesel is very expensive, and it's running 24 hours a day, and it's noisy, and it's polluting, and uh, it's undesirable by any stretch we've got replaces that and we run this for three hours a day and it's enough for 24 hours of electricity and uh, there are lots of very interesting very valuable features to it then of course we have uh, Pearl's Premium Lawn Seed which is this extraordinary lawn seed which uh sequesters carbon at eight to ten times the speed of the rate of any other grass out there. Also because it's dark lush green, chlorophyll rich, it it emits like twenty four times the amount of oxygen of ordinary grass as well. It uses almost no water. The president of the company, Jackson Madnick, has been a guest on this show. And A Better World got so interested in it, we are helping to market their products because we think so well of it, because it allows everyone with a lawn to become part of the solution to global warming. So this is another way A Better World is seeking to bring forward real answers that people on the ground, one One by one, family by family, house by house, can play a real, in fact, significant role. Not a small role, a significant role. If you are saving water, remember that of all of the water on the planet, only 2% is fresh water. Only 2%. 98% is salt water. So until we flip into halophyte, and if you remember, we did a show on that too with Dr. Dennis Bushnell of NASA, one of the leading senior scientists there, who I interviewed on the subject of salt saltwater-based plants, uh, edible plants. And if we were to make that move, well, Dennis outlined all of the ecosystemic uh, carbon footprint reducing benefits of that scenario so we stand firmly and squarely behind that as something for people to engage. Um, and but with the pearls premium, we use 75 percent less water after the initial 30-day establishment period. Then these these uh, this lawn seed needs almost no water. They have grown in deserts. They uh, have grown in Saudi Arabia, for crying out loud, where all the other competitive grasses died. (laughs) Ours did not. We have four-foot roots, so they contain water. So this acts as a fire barrier in places like, how about California, of mudslide barriers, because they run firmly and with moisture into the ground four feet long. You see, you get the picture. So these are a few of the several projects. We're working on a project that is essentially a water vehicle. It's a water conversion system from any fossil fuel to the use of water for its hydrogen but also for its oxygen. So it's a a breakthrough technology that is looking very promising. And uh, along with the other things that I'm telling you about, there's going to be very little need for a whole lot of fossil fuel in just the next few upcoming years. It's happening rapidly. Uh, there's another company we're connected with here called Zoetic, which is working on refrigeration and uh, changing over the refrigeration equipment to being much more eco-friendly, of getting rid of normal Freon, and we've got a Freon replacement, and according to uh, Paul Hawkins' drawdown, refrigeration management and Freon, uh, they are at the very top of all the things that pollute most that create the greatest greenhouse gases, and the reversal of which would also do the most to change the whole game around. So I'm just giving you a sampling of the kind of things we've been involved in and are involved in, some more actively, some more passively, but are engaged in. So uh, a lot of fun to be had on this planet, my friends. A lot of fun. So uh, uh, I'll be interviewing also uh, Hank Rogers very soon from Hawaii, who uh, is using uh, his vision of a fossil-free world by the year uh, 2045 as a thing that is generating a tremendous amount of of uh, environmental global warming reducing activity over. In his corner of the earth in Hawaii. And it's beautiful. You'll get to learn the details of what Hank has been working on for some years. And you'll really get a chance to get a sense of that. So, there is hope in River City, my friends. There's trouble and there's hope. But the hope is something we can't just walk around hoping, i.e., passively. We have to hope in action. <laughs> you know, We have to love in action. We have to hope in action and move our bodies and minds in a specific direction and build consensus around the importance of uh, reversing the uh, global warming trend. This is huge. We are now in what is so far the hottest year on record. 2019 had been virtually the hottest year in record on record going back to around 1913. But you see there's this steady increase in heat because of the melting ice, because of the preponderance of greenhouse gases, which comes from so many different sources and we simply need to address. We ordinary folk need to be actively engaged in this. And while we are living in a world of every type of injustice and inequity and so much violence and so much confusion, it's really disheartening in so many ways. I am asserting that it is my opinion that eclipsing all of them is the issue of global warming. I know people say the climate change crisis, but I'd rather stick with what is in hand, and that is pollution that we pollute like, like mad people, and that leads, in most cases, to greenhouse gases collecting in the atmosphere. You see the relationship between COVID. We cannot just concentrate on one thing and go down that rabbit hole. It is truly a systems-wide, that's why we use the word systemic here a lot. We use the word holistic a lot because this is what we're dealing with. One thing connects to the other. You know, these days in quantum physics, we call it the butterfly effect. You know, uh, uh, people having uh, some delicious uh, ritual uh, green tea in the morning in Tokyo is affecting the outcome of a business deal on Wall Street in New York. That's one way of looking at it. Um, The other is the old-fashioned song, The Knee Bones Connected to the Hip Bone. That's right. And everything is connected. So my mother was right. Um, So you see that we can all be part of the solution. We have past tipping points. Things will never be the same. You know, species are disappearing by the day, literally by the hour. Uh, So, this is just a sad reality. And even without global warming that is uh, man-made, there's always species die-off. So, it's just part of the game. Just don't want that species to be ours. Um, but everything is living and dying. It's just—it's the nature of reality. And uh, the Buddhists are brilliant in talking about life is temporary. Everything is impermanent. We live as though it's permanent, but nothing is. And we're kind of uh, taught that every single day. Our skin cells have a very short life, half-life. You know, um, so. It's better not to get attached, um, you know, and to stay nimble, stay robust, stay loving, stay alive, stay compassionate, stay connected, have a lot of fun, love each other, all of us. Say the things that need to be said to those people that are most important to you. But everybody should be important in some way or another because we are truly one big human family. And growing, by the way. And that might be one of the problems too, by the way. We'll address that on another occasion. But uh, responsible parenting and responsible reproduction, I think, really needs to be a part of our larger systems thinking. So Listen, I want to thank all of you for tuning in today and listening up and uh, becoming part of the solution. It's very important. These are not idle words, my friends. You know that. You know me well enough to know that everything I say, I mean. And while I say it playfully, I ain't kidding. <laughs> I'm very serious. Um, I just want to, you know, shed light on things in a lighter way if and when possible, but this is very much a call to action for each and all of us because it's up to us, you know if not you, who? If not now, when? You know, as the phrase goes, so let's get into action. Uh, I want to just remind you again that our websites have become refurbished World TV a betterworld. net betterworld. net better is where we uh, we do promotions of people with uh, different visions with different technologies with different services, different products with different books with different films with different events uh, and it's um, you know it's a by donation service that we like to give back to our larger community. Uh, but this is one of the ways in which a better world sustains itself. Uh, we need revenue uh, and this is one of the ways. People can always just make donations to us. Always appreciate it. Rather do the work. Well, we do that. What am I talking about? <laughs> but uh, glad to do the work on your behalf if you would like to utilize any of our services, including the coaching and business coaching and counseling and consulting and stress management. All of these are part of abetterworld.net, abetterworld.tv, abetterworld.store, and mitchellraben.com. So sign up for our newsletter, become part of the Better World family and community. It's truly a pleasure to be of service. And remember, our days at BTR are numbered. Uh, really, until just another couple of weeks, and you can always find our podcasts and TV shows. By the way, at a better world TV, so uh, you'll never lose contact. And we're on every single Apple platform, and iTunes, and Shopify, and you know Spotify, and you name it. All of those if eyes. We defy them all. And, uh, no, really, come visit. And if you want the services, just contact me at 212-420-0800 or by email at mjr at net. Also, we need a few more interns for video editing, for social media, and for administration. I have a bunch of administrative tasks and research tasks that need to be done. Uh, We could also use a couple of people or more sales and marketing types. So, uh, please come uh, at a certain point after people prove themselves. Stipends are made available, and in some cases there can be uh, commission-based payments as well. So, depending on what hat you wear here at Better World. Well, this is Mitchell J. Rabin. It's just been a pleasure talking with you. I hope you got something out of that. I love sharing what's in my heart and what's in my mind. You know, this thing with COVID is, uh, is upsetting. It's scary. And watch the money trail. Just watch it. Uh, mandatory rollout of vaccines is probably coming sooner than later. They're pushing to get a vaccine out. Uh, vaccines have never been particularly useful. Oftentimes they're very damaging. Uh, one has to be very careful and why even waste time with that when nature has already provided all we need. And this brings us back to the anthropocentric view or the ecosystemic view, which is held primarily by the indigenous people from all over the world. That's ecosystemic view. Enjoy the herbs. Enjoy the bounty. Enjoy the food and the nutritional supplements that really do come from nature's bosom. Uh, Vitamin C, vitamin D, selenium, zinc, astragalus, echinacea, olive leaf extract, All of these are the ways to build immunity and be happy, uh, you know, for the duration. Laugh, love, be kind, play, enjoy your life and the immune system. thanks you by remaining healthy. Again, Mitchell Rabin, visit our website, sign up for our newsletters at abetterworld.tv.net and I look forward to seeing you all Thank you.